Welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Uh, Stephen, I'm, I just want I just want to say before anything else happens that there is there's yeah, like yeah. an there's an unsaid thing between the two of us that I that I think we should probably say out loud, which is that later in the day we're going to be talking about The Last of Us Part Two, and I imagine. <laughs> We haven't talked about this at all in our like pre-show chat or anything, but I imagine that right. that the fact that we can't be talking about that game right now is eating you inside because it is currently eating me inside. The fact that to be honest, I'm actually reveling in this moment of of bre- of levity. Really? Okay. Frank. Yeah, I think like I mean, I I don't get me wrong. I'm I, there's there's so much to talk about with that game and i'm excited for that episode we're going to be joined by our our beloved producer and editor aj so that'll be a lot of fun uh who is currently it should be noted playing the game and <laughs> playing the, the last <laughs> the last two hours of his game he is playing in front of his entire family <laughs> I've, I've like set not to spoil the game but i've i've given the caveat like uh my friend chris i'll give you a shout out he called he texted me the day saying like hey should i pick up the sequel is it fun and i called him i couldn't just text him i called him and i was like short answer yeah probably pick it up uh long answer like it is one of the most harrowing pieces of media i've ever experienced yeah like, yeah totally no and and we'll we'll talk about that more in the episode and like that is not a uh a flat out negative but like you know, just with 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 everyone's own like tightrope walk of like well being and mental health right now, I just I have to say that for anyone who's like curious about picking that up, you know, yeah, like yeah, absolutely, it is, it is a lot. But um, you're right that like that is definitely something that that I think we're both we've both been like setting ourselves up for in a way preparing for it for for whatever you know literally like must. over a week yeah i mean since yeah. the game since the day the game came out i feel like we've been mentally preparing for that the the irony of all of this is that uh you dear listeners will have heard this already <laughs> because i think given the given the order of events uh the bonus episode will be out before the episode that you're listening to right now uh so oh, yeah. it's possible it's possible Time, you've already heard baby. it yeah but we uh, became yeah, our own grandfather <laughs> Uh, yeah, just I always think of that uh, Futurama episode. Yeah, just just the nature of the way we record this show. Uh, the bonus will be out before this one, but uh, just know that bubbling beneath the surface of uh, Golf on Mars and Pokemon Cafe Mix <laughs> is Ellie's horrific journey through Seattle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, like like I alluded to earlier, I'm actually uh, I'm enjoying. I'm excited for this episode for for one the levity of the stuff we're talking about and two uh, the fact that it may be the first non four hour episode in in a roughly five years. Um, this might <laughs> yeah. be like yeah. one of the more palatable episodes, both in length and in content. Uh, so pumped for you know just a walk in the park, a walk with my new favorite game, Pokemon Cafe Mix. Uh, which I guess we'll open with if you want. Yeah, I would love to open with this game, mainly because I'm so amazed that you like it. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, okay, seed planted. I want to see how this grows. <laughs> Is it going to be a tree or a weird fungal monster from The Last of Us Part 2 <laughs> that goes <laughs> in another room? Um <laughs> Shit, this was a bad shortcut, wasn't it? <laughs> 
Okay. Um, <laughs> that is gonna be a mess. Um, so, <laughs> so recently, Pokemon, uh, our 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 muse, the Pokemon Twitter, who we have, we've kind of put on the sideline for a bit recently with everything yeah. else. But like you know, most of season two was like half Fire Emblem through houses and half just whatever Pokemon Twitter decided to upload in preparation for Sword and Shield coming out. Yeah. Um, so they've recently announced like a ton of stuff, uh, which I guess we can brush on uh, leading up to Cafe Mix. The first one, which I think should have been the last one. Yes, Snap. yes, yes. I was just yeah. about to say this. It is wild that this entire uh, suite of announcements wasn't in reverse order. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> the Pokemon Twitter, uh, famous for retweet, if you can relate, uh, they tweeted out Pokemon Snap, which is like a series that I think has been deeply longed for, uh, at least by myself, for, for years. Yeah. And I never expected it to be brought back. Like, it's just like amazing. That is one of my favorites. It's amazing that they're bringing it back for the Nintendo Switch, the, the one console they've had in ages that doesn't have a camera on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I still think like the ability to share photos online and stuff is going to be like really fun for that oh, game. Yeah. Like that's going to be my whole Twitter. You know, it's going to be like, <laughs> I think I said that's going to be like artistic close ups of Magmar. Just like <laughs> Warholian yeah. pop art of Magmar. Yeah. <laughs> but Pokemon Snap is like, no joke, I think one of the best not like one of the best Pokemon spinoffs like that in the in the card game for Game Boy are like my favorite like spinoff games because I think what Pokemon Snap did for me at a very young age on the 64 was like create a game around the idea that Pokemon were real like in this natural setting you could see that it it's kind of what the wild area is going for in Sword and Shield yeah but, like exclusively to witness and to kind of add this other lens of like not just battling. It's almost more true to the spirit of the original intent of Pokemon, which was to just collect. There's a reason the catchphrase has got to catch them all. Because, like, the original game was just that. And they were like, eh, there should be something else. You know, it's not, yeah, like, very gamey to just catch them. So, And honestly, my favorite part of the, the animated show growing up watching it was just, like seeing people hang out with pokemon like I, yeah. I didn't really care as much about ash going and getting all the badges and whatever like that 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 didn't right. really appeal to me as much as like oh he made he became friends with a butterfree in a forest you know yeah like that was honestly weirdly, the more interesting stuff i completely agree and weirdly i felt the same way about dragon ball z where like the slice of life moments of that show are like easily yes why i give a shit about this character yeah 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 uh the the driving episode is the one that everybody points to is like this is the the hallmark high point of this series yeah it's yeah exactly the so good i just love the fact that two characters can like immediately teleport have to go to the dmv to learn how to drive it's incredible <laughs> um but yeah so all that to say like so excited for pokemon snap and not a hot take like everyone kind of lost their minds um and then they followed that up and this is the same day that the expansions came out which i've yet to play but i did download i, I downloaded the same expansion here, yeah. for and we'll definitely cover that at some point yeah. once things settle a bit i like, still have that to finish happen sword i didn't finish pokemon oh, sword really? yeah <laughs> so i mean i mean that was such a shit <laughs> that was such a shitty way i just i literally went oh really oh, okay <laughs> nice doing a podcast with you i'm gonna find a real gamer 
Um, no, I'm kidding. The ending of that game is fine. I think like we we we. If you want to hear our thoughts on that game, uh, the Perfect Rivals pretty much sums it up. Yeah, uh, that's an earlier episode we did. Both love that game. Um, I'm amazed at how often you can just rattle off the names of our episodes and know exactly <laughs> in what episode we talked well, I mean, about that what. One, this is like Star Trek yeah, that- fan levels of, of knowledge. <laughs> I'm my own biggest fan. Well, that one I know especially because I did the cover art for it. So like. Mm-hmm. I I knew that like to a T because I yeah, spent yeah. time doing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you ask me what episode we talked about near Automata, could not tell you. Um, Aesthetic robot everyone. stuff. Um, there you go. See, so you're you're a Trekkie too. <laughs> I, I want to know what the Trekkie term for an Into the Aether fan is. We'll find out one day. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <Aether>. Pokemon. <laughs> Book. That's it. You're just a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> You're a big. I'm a huge ITA head. I'm a Pokemon. <laughs> I just thought of the moment in Pokemon Red where Bill is in a Nidorito's body and he goes, "Hi, I'm Hi, Pokemon." I'm Pokemon. That's like, yeah, that's the that's the fan cry. It's official. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's so good. Ugh, Pokemon. That's Jesus. it. Jesus, you know who you are. Um. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, so... <laughs> Why is it that, like, the scary. second you and I ever start talking about Pokemon, <laughs> the show goes so fucking off the rails that it's like... It's just like... It's just... It's our muse. It really is, like... It, it's 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 us evolving, but never stopping. It's like uh, Nathan fucking Drake, Tetsuo becoming... Nathan Drake hanging off the train in Uncharted 2 <laughs> is our show holding on for dear life. Anytime Pokemon just... comes up. <laughs> Any Naughty Dog part where you're like, whoa, that was close. That's every time Pokemon is brought up. Okay. The, the expansion of Short and Sealed is out. The Isle of Armor, I believe. Um, and uh, I've heard great things. I'm really excited. And one of the things they added that I'm so excited for is that they added the ability to have a follower Pokemon. So you can choose someone in your party yes. who follows you around, which is like, Something that you and I both really missed, like as much as we love the game, we're like that was such a cool feature in Soul Silver and Heart Gold. And let's go really specifically back. where you had the yeah, actual, go, yeah. like the <clears throat> actual size of the Pokemon represented in the overworld, right? So like you could ride yeah. an Onyx through town, and you were the size of the skyscrapers in like Celadon. Yeah, it ruled. You could ride a Persian, and it felt like horizon zero dots like speeding through <laughs> yeah it was so cool yeah and that's another game that like really utilized the idea of like pokemon existing in a natural setting outside of just battling yeah yeah like um even even more than certain shield in some ways anyway all that aside exciting announcements pokemon snap expansion uh and then mixed in there no pun intended was pokemon cafe mix which was a mobile like puzzle game about running a cafe for pokemon by Pokemon with one human in charge, uh, Leah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we'll get to that in a second. Because uh, then, <laughs> then the final announcement, which they like had a had a tr- like a like for years, Pokemon has been giving you like an interactive RPG that's defined generations. Yeah. And then it led into uh, the Pokemon MOBA, which they're making. Yeah, Pokemon which, like, Unite, which they're making with Tencent, uh, which is like 
I guess like a kind of Amazon Google equivalent in China. They're they're making a MOBA, like a League of Legends, like Dota 2 style game called Pokemon Unite. And it's going to be available for uh, Switch and mobile, apparently. Uh, I, I didn't see anything about desktop versions being available, which is very interesting as well. Um, and, and yeah, they, they ended. So they did the Pokemon Snap and Pokemon Cafe Mix announcements, uh, along with the release of, of the Sword and Shield DLC. And then they said, wait a week and come back for another huge announcement next week. And just based on all of the things in the background of, of all the people who worked at the Pokemon company in, in the in the like shots of them in their offices, everyone just assumed uh, based on like the dolls and stuff that it was going to be a Let's Go 2. That was going to be a remake of Gold and Silver, which I was like over the moon about. I was yeah, so or or a remake of Diamond and Pearl. Those are the two big things. Yeah. Um, um, just yeah. just because like Diamond and Pearl is like next up in terms of what is or what should be remade, I guess, in terms of like yeah. you know, how many times they've gone back to the well for those games. Like Diamond and Pearl is the only one that hasn't been remade, at least that's that's coming up next. Um, but but it was seeming like a Let's Go 2 was inevitable. And then they came back with Pokemon Unite, which like honestly um you know there was a lot of a lot of very negative feedback i think shared online about that i mean like overwhelmingly like we don't want this like i there's no reason for this um which to me honestly looking at it from the outside um feels a lot like the first pokemon snap right like pokemon snap comes out or like a hey you pikachu or something and like that's not a game that people asked for or wanted but it came out and and ruled right like both of those games are, are are incredible for different reasons and and watching the gameplay and and like just reading some of the bullet points about pokemon unite it actually does seem like pokemon does kind of fit into the moba structure or at least like the the kind of um widely defined uh moba structure it just feels like it fits those mechanics really really well in terms of like okay so generally in a moba you'd be collecting gold and then paying for upgrades for your characters per match and things like that but now in the pokemon version you just evolve you start off as a charmander and then you become a charmeleon and you get some new abilities and you become a charizard and you get some more abilities that makes a lot more sense weirdly to me than like i'm gonna go kill a bunch of trolls in the woods and then get some gold and bring it back to my tower and i'm gonna pay for upgrades even though i'm in the middle of a war you know um makes more sense you gain experience and evolve but uh on top of all of that i think the thing that is like the most important thing to remember about pokemon unite is that the pokemon company does not have a huge presence in china like pokemon is not like a huge Chinese franchise the way it is pretty much everywhere else in the world. And by working with Tencent and making a game that is in the genre of game that is the most popular in China, maybe not the most popular, but like is towards the top of that list. Um, It it inserts Pokemon into that region in a way that it never has been before. Uh, And in a way that like, if positioned correctly and if made well and if it comes out and like is the thing that they want it to be will begin the wave of people loving pokemon as much there as as everywhere else which is just another reason why pokemon as we've talked about many times on this show is the number one intellectual property on the planet uh it is the highest grossing thing or a piece of media that has ever existed bigger than disney bigger than yes uh as soon as I said that, I heard your boss open his frozen eyes in the in the tank his head is in. Uh, and I mean, by boss, I mean Walt. Yeah, Walter. Um, Walter Disney. Uh, <laughs> Walter Disney. Um, yeah, I, I think this game would not have had the backlash it got if it didn't if it wasn't announced the way it was. I right? completely like, I agree. It, yeah. 
Yeah, if it, if it was thrown in the middle or like, because the same thing would have happened to Cafe Mix if they announced that last, right? If yeah. they're like, buckle up, gamers, here's the last thing, and yeah. it's Pokemon Cafe Mix. If it, if, and that's so, yeah. why I mean, if they had done this exactly backwards, if it was Pokemon Unite, Cafe Mix, Pokemon Snap in that order, that would have been yeah. an incredible suite of announcements. Yeah, exactly. And I get that, like, two from Pokemon's perspective, Unite is probably the biggest investment. Like, yes. Snap is a sure thing to them. You know, yeah. like, that's not going to, unless it's like, unless the game begins with you breaking your camera and going, oops, and then the credits roll, it's going to be a good game. <laughs> you go to take a picture of a Magmar and the lens just turns into, like, molten yeah. glass. Well done. You were close. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, so, but yeah, just so, so funny. Um, I'll, we'll probably, that, Pokemon Unite is such a, like, challenge for us to check out. It is such an, it's oh my god, yeah, it, it has, game. it has, like, game I bring to the table <laughs> written all over it. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm definitely, because like, I also, I don't really, like, get MOBAs at all. That's another blind spot on my end. I, like, I played a lot of Warcraft 3 back in the day, which, like, Dota started as a mod of Warcraft 3. Right, right, right. And it was, there was, there has never been less of a welcome entry to any game. I tried <laughs> yeah. playing Dota as a 13-year-old, and anytime I joined a lobby, they would say, he's never played before, boot him. And I said, so I never got to play. <laughs> oh and then my when God. I finally did with a group of friends, like... It is the least, at least the first one, the first Dota, which was like a mod. It's the least intuitive thing I've ever played in my life. Like, it, yeah. it, you have to have someone be like, here's how to play it. Um, and I played a little bit of Dota 2, like, for like a hot second. And like, I understand League of Legends was made to like kind of be a slightly more intuitive version of that. But like, I just, it just has felt so, <clears throat> no pun intended, out of my league and out of my like repertoire of knowledge. Yeah. That I've never had the urge to like learn it. Yeah. Um, because yeah, we, we talk a lot about like shitty subcultures in gaming and like uh gatekeeping and stuff. And never is I I'll just say it, like there is no worse subculture than like the the hardcore MOBA scene. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. Like uh I I, I don't want to speak on everyone's behalf. I'm sure there's like lovely it's it's a huge thing. And I and I think that's why. I think like Anything with that big of an audience and that big of like the amount of people streaming, you're going to have a parabola of the human experience. So like, <laughs> yeah, of course, I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to define like I, I I I retread my steps there. But I just think like for 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 a layman like me, just trying to dabble in it, it just feels like I there's no room for that. There's no room for entry there. Yeah. Yeah. The closest uh, so. I ever got was when Heroes of the Storm came out, that, that Blizzard mobile right, the at Blizzard one point. One, yeah. yeah and, and, and my thought was like, OK, I can get in in like the beta time frame of this, you know, and like start to learn it the the way I wish I had with League or Dota because I mean, you know me and people who listen to the show know me and they know that like over the course of this show I have like very frequently gone out and tried to play the thing that is the biggest thing just to like kind of wrap my head around it and understand why. And and I tried to do that with Heroes of the Storm and actually kind of liked it, honestly. Um yeah. but then fell off, you know, a, as the community became more toxic and and the uh the the player base just in general like outpaced me in terms of skill, um, to the point where like I didn't feel like I could play it anymore. Uh so then I bailed. <laughs> right. So like I'm excited to check out Pokemon Unite when that drops, because I have to assume that they're gonna kind of uh simplify it, or at least simplify that formula a little bit, but 
uh, who knows maybe not <laughs> maybe maybe, yeah. maybe that's not what they're gonna do regardless i'm gonna check it out but yeah i i'm very intrigued by pokemon unite uh but anyway the thing we actually want to talk about was cafe mix which was the other thing they announced <clears throat> which you can't believe i like so i guess i'll start with my take and then i want to hear why you are shocked yeah. at this revelation this game is like should be like garbage like i'll just because <laughs> i think uh we 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 both <laughs> we both have gone out of our way to like defend the potential of mobile games uh in our two years of doing this show both are like top 10 favorite games of the year have included several mobile games i think yeah. like they're often unfairly written off entirely um and and there's a lot i mean like anything there's a lot to kind of wade through but i think more and more developers are making games that are taking advantage of being on mobile stuff like if found or florence where like those games benefit from being played in a mobile experience and are just amazing. They're, they're beautiful games. Um, but Nintendo's history with making mobile games is a little bit like when a like 90s rock band randomly makes a Christmas album. You're like, why are you doing this? Like, what, you're not like you're not investing in this properly. I, I, uh, I just had this memory of um, my family had this like rock the 90s Christmas album where uh, Billy Corgan wrote his own Christmas song. Instead oh, of man. Doing a cover. Yeah, it's real rough. <laughs> it's called Christmas Time and it sucks. Anyway. Is it like the, the Bill Nye bit at the beginning of Love Actually where he has to uh, re-record one of his like famous pop songs but replace the word <laughs> love with Christmas? No, it's like... It, I mean, it very much has a Smashing Pumpkins air to it, but it's just like, Ugh. you know, everyone else did a cover and then he's like, Christmas time. It's, it's <laughs> um, uh, anyway, enough bashing Smashing Pumpkins. Um, do love their old stuff. Don't get me wrong. Anyway, uh, Nintendo just had that air where they're, they're just doing it like because it's there, you know, like that's yeah. that's kind of the parallel I'm trying to draw and like uh, there have been some glowing exceptions with Pokemon Go and and we talk a lot about um other shining examples in our games of the decade episode we both loved Mitomo we both liked Fire Emblem Heroes like there's a lot of good stuff too yeah um, I do think it's worth mentioning and and <coughs> like really hammering home though that like Pokemon Go is not a Nintendo thing like Pokemon Go is right, a Pokemon Niantic. company thing Nintendo famously has been releasing things like uh, Fire Emblem Heroes and Animal Crossing Pocket Camp and things like that to like varying degrees of success. But just yeah. recently, like almost I think it might have been a day or two days before Cafe Mix was announced, uh, the Nintendo company. Well, it wasn't actually a, a, a reveal or like a, a press release from the Nintendo company, but a, uh, a an analyst who is very well known for just kind of like taking in the scope of what Nintendo is doing and reporting on it, uh, wrote a report that was just like, yeah, it seems like Nintendo is backing off mobile entirely. Like now that the Switch has become as successful as it has, uh, they don't really need to focus on mobile as much as they did when the Wii U was failing and they needed to invest in another platform because people right. weren't buying the Wii U. Um, which I think makes a lot of sense, but then and literally like the next day the pokemon company announced cafe mix which i think just goes to show like how much of a disconnect there is between those two methods of thought and like again why the pokemon company is so fucking successful at everything it's doing uh yeah. versus nintendo which will try and get into the mobile space and then like do it like kind of okay for a couple of years and then be like eh, 
okay, we're out. Yeah. See you later. And, and it's kind of bizarre to remember, too, that the Pokemon Company are bigger than Nintendo on a global yes. scale, which is bizarre. Right. But... Nintendo has has uh, like a, a majority stake in the Pokemon Company, but that doesn't mean that it is running the Pokemon Company. Right. And I, and I think the reason why they're able to generate so much revenue outside of the games is the fact that there's the TV show and the cards. And I think the number one source of, of revenue for them is the merchandise. Yes. Um, that is like... That is, you know, there's a lot of Pokemon you could buy dolls of. There's too many. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> Pokemon Cafe Mix. Uh, it is a puzzle game uh, where it is like a cafe run by Pokemon and you and another human named Leah. I'm a big fan of games that try to emulate like a cooking or cafe experience. Um, but I've yet to find one that like really nails it. Uh, you know, I, I played a little bit of Coffee Talk and like liked elements of it, but kind of bounced. Yeah. Uh, that's a game where you play like a barista that has like a open 24 seven coffee shop that like, uh, monsters come into. It's a fun idea, but like, I just, it just didn't really click for me for whatever reason. Yeah. It was more about the dialogue with, with regulars than about actually running the cafe. Right. And I think like, I think both need to be at the same level. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think you have to like, you know, and, and there were some interesting mechanics of like, if you messed up a drink, it would inform how the dialogue plays out. But uh, outside of coffee talk like I, I just love that idea of like having a uh like give me a persona 5 game where you play as sojuro just like letting people come in and out and like yeah experiencing those stories and and that's what coffee talk is going for and you know for me partially pulled it off but pokemon cafe mixes is i was really curious like what that relationship with the cafe was going to look like um and it's very simple it's it's just like as you play you get different upgrades that like lure different pokemon customers in uh and and the game works as a puzzle game where like there are different like parameters of what the i guess level looks like so it's not always like a tetris grid sometimes there's like angles or obstacles to get through and there are faces of of a handful of pokemon i think it's like pikachu charmander snubble it's ones that you can eventually play as um so i think there's like eight or nine or something you know, around there yeah and you basically uh, you touch one and then you can drag it around and like almost like mix it like as if you're making a drink. Uh, hence the title Cafe Mix. Um, <laughs> and you link up similar faces and it pulls off a combo which like gets you points. And if you link like 15 or more, uh, you unlock an item that lets your Pokemon use their special move. And each Pokemon has a different move which inherently lends them to be better at making certain certain items. So like yeah, uh, Charmander is really good at making drinks. Uh, whereas uh, Machino and and uh, Slurpuff, I believe, are good at making like desserts. Yeah. Uh, and Snubble, of course, is great at making sandwiches, mm-hmm. which I just think is a very fun and clever way to like take the Pokemon elemental combat system and apply it to cafe food. Yeah. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Just to just to nail down the gameplay side of it a little bit. If you look yeah, at screenshots sure. of this, you might I, I I wouldn't blame you for thinking that it's like a match three kind of like Candy Crush style game that in actuality is not what it is. I, I was expecting that when I downloaded it yeah. and saying like, OK, cool, like Pokemon Shuffle was an honestly incredible game uh, that was available for mobile a while ago and was available on the 3DS. Um, I, I was a big fan of Pokemon Shuffle, specifically the music, just incredible music in that game. Uh, great vibe. Anyway, um, so I thought this was just like a prettier kind of sequel to Pokemon Shuffle in everything but name. 
Um, and what I found when I downloaded it is that it's closer to, uh, and, and this, I don't know, I'll have, I guess I should probably explain it, but, um, it's closer to the, like, SumSum line of games. Uh, SumSum is, is a collaboration, I think, between, I, th- I want to say Line, like the Korean company, and Disney, or maybe there's just, like, a Disney version of it, but I've only really seen SumSum in relation to Disney. Um, and there's, there's a Disney SumSum game, which is almost, like, to a T, the exact gameplay of this game, um, minus some of the more like interesting obstacles and and uh and like uh clearing objectives and and things like that um but the way it works is you have a bunch of icons like you would in a match three game or in a pokemon shuffle um but you don't have to have those things next to each other to connect them so like if i I think that's kind of the biggest difference between like a candy crush and this right is like you can link a, a, a pikachu face to another pikachu face even if there's another thing between them just by like dragging the first one through the second one um which allows you to just connect as many as you possibly can in a time limit they give you like i think two seconds or three seconds to connect as many as you possibly can uh which pretty much just means that you're like fucking up the entire level uh in an attempt to just collect as many of these as possible which like makes for a really like frantic uh variant of this kind of gameplay in a way that i like really wasn't expecting and have really come to enjoy um because once you start adding some of the other obstacles and some of the other like win states on top of this it becomes like an extremely frantic race to the finish because you only get a certain amount of moves per level to be able to clear all the objectives um and in some of the later ones, like I'm, I'm towards, I, I'm on level 39 currently. Um, yeah. In some of the like later ones that I've started to run into, like it really is a every single move matters. You will probably lose uh, multiple times trying to attempt them. Uh, kind of, kind of gameplay. Um, I, I've been floored by it. And this is none of this is to say, like the, we haven't even mentioned how beautiful this game is. Yeah, uh, just an unbelievable art style. Art style. Before we even knew what this game was, I just kept taking screenshots of the website and sending it to you and aj because i was just like amazed that something this pretty existed yeah Um, it's a really cool interpretation of it's like a different spin on pokemon which is kind of interesting yeah and yeah it it is like i don't want to say it's hard but it is way more challenging than it like probably should have been uh (laughs) given like because this is a game that i think is 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 heavily aimed at a younger audience which like i i have some thoughts on that so like Cool things like they don't they don't let you write your name. It's like you have to like write something else um, mm-hmm. or like any sense of information. But and they begin the game with like if you're a minor, don't buy anything without like an adult supervision. So yeah. like I appreciate that, but boy does the game like really lower. Like you don't need to spend a dime on this game in terms of the microtransactions. Like they're there. Like I think every day you get like a few items that can help, and you have like a few uh, number of lives, and you get. Like an, you get like coffee beans that you can spend, or like acorns, something like that. Yeah, they acorns used to buy those items, but you can also use real money. And like pretty much any opportunity, the game does ask you if you want to buy. It does. It does uh, list the in-game currency first, but I just find it kind of like counter to the beginning message, where it's like, hey, if you're a kid, don't buy anything. But there are so many like pitfalls to end up buying stuff. Yeah. So like that's like my really like my only huge issue with the game and like even then i think you know hopefully like it is a little bit i think i think a kid at a certain age will register like oh shit okay this is like now it's asking me for my credit card like i'm not gonna do that but (laughs) you know they could have made it a little bit harder if they really actually cared about kids not accidentally spending money yeah um 
that being said, like it, it's a joy and it, it really is like fun for all ages. I mean, I'm I'm a fully grown man and I'm enjoying Pokemon Cafe mix greatly. Yeah. Uh, you uh, different Pokemon come in and if they're new to the cafe, like each time you make them whatever they ask for, it increases your relationship with them. And eventually they're like, I love it so much here. The sandwiches, you, the three sandwiches you made me are so fucking good. This is my new job. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. I've, I've been like sitting on the edge of my seat waiting to talk about this aspect of it because yeah. that, that's where like I love this game until that point. That is where I completely like I lose my mind playing it because the fact that like a snubble can come in and it's like I want tea and then I give it tea. It's like wow, that was some that was some good tea. I, can I get some more of that tea? And then you make more of that tea. It's like, whoa. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Uh, can I just get one more of those teas? I, I have something that I'm like mulling over in the old the old noodle here. You make it a third tea. It's like, yeah, you know what? I'm done living out in the wild, <laughs> hunting and gathering <laughs> along with other <laughs> snubbles. I am going to work. I'm going to don an apron and a hat and I'm going to work at this cafe. <laughs> like we've both worked at cafes and I think I would like <laughs> maybe run away if a regular came in and then suddenly asked to work there. <laughs> like after a while. I mean, you know, like, you know, what's funny, ha- though. That is how I got my first cafe job. <laughs> oh, it- <laughs> you're, you're the snubble. You're great at making sandwiches (laughs) um i mean like that happened all the time people would be like hey are you hiring and we would you know it's just funny where someone's like response to a really good uh you know like hazelnut latte is like fuck i need to work i need to drop everything and work here even if i even if i live out in the wild (laughs) even if i'm an animal (laughs) that lives in the woods but i think that that is uh even though that's a funny like concept the idea of like each Pokemon having a different move that is like inherently better at making certain things like is a really cool mechanic. And like that really surprised me where I'm like, I was expecting it just to be like, you know, um, aesthetic, but even within that, like now I have a Slurpuff and Mancino, I think the, the, the the Pikachu squirrel, whatever. Um, they're both good at making, uh, pastries, but they have different moves that like, you know, so it will go in different directions. So like, you can have a preference between the two of them. And it will always say, like, who is the best, like, fit for the job. Uh, you can play as whoever you want. I- I- I'm partial to Charmander for whatever reason. I think Charmander mm. working in a cafe is just, like, so good. Yeah. I did. Uh, yeah. It's worth noting the first thing that they let you buy is Pikachu, uh, which I ended up actually buying. I bought the Pikachu. Oh, uh, did you? Yeah, I think it's like I think it's like three to five dollars, like somewhere in that vicinity. Um and I had hit like level 30 or something and had put like a pretty decent amount of time into this free thing. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, part of me is just like, I want to I want to keep supporting the Pokemon companies of weird experiments with mobile games, because like as soon as uh, as soon as Magikarp Jump came out, I was like, I just need to <laughs> see how far we can push this. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm having a great time with Cafe Mix. I, I didn't feel bad at all uh, supporting it financially, even though it's a free game. Um, totally. I'm a fan. I'm a fan too. I, I almost fancied at the quizzical Munchlax. He's like, "What should I order?" I'm like, "This is so cute. I love this." Yeah. Um, oh god. Yeah, every really, every Pokemon is so cute in this game. It, it's it's a great game. It, it really is great for all ages. I think kids would love this. Um, and it's like a really solid puzzle game. It's like really solid. I, I yeah. think it's also on Switch, which like 
I might also pick up if it's if it's I think is it free on Switch or is it Yeah, like, it's it's free know? on Switch. The only caveat is you have to use the touch controls, so you have to use a oh, handheld. Um yeah, I guess that and makes also sense. your your progress isn't going to carry over from one to the other. Um Never mind. Which is why I it. specifically wanted it on mobile because I was like I I just I would like to have yeah. this everywhere um instead yeah, of only when it, I have my Switch. It's great. It's becoming like a go-to game for me. Uh like you know in in also like not to go back into into the shadows but the perfect palate cleanser after finishing The Last of Us Part 2 <laughs> at 1 a.m. by yeah. yourself. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I uh, I would recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. You want to move well, on? Let's move on. Let's take a break. All right. I need to apply to my favorite cafe. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Hey, uh, Steven, just want to talk to you about a YouTube video I watched this morning. Um, just, I don't know, I was like mentally preparing myself to talk about video games today. So I went and like checked out all the video game YouTube channels that I uh, am subscribed to. And uh, there's one that I don't think I've ever brought up on the show that uh, I would love to talk about today. Uh, it's called Summoning Salt. Do you know Summoning Salt? No, but I'm already intrigued. What's up? Okay, so they are, uh, as far as I can tell, the the guy who runs it is a speedrunner. I think he I think he runs Mike Tyson's Punch Out. I think that's his his like game of choice. Um, and while he was like studying uh, the like proper routes and and previous world records and stuff for people who are speedrunning Mike Tyson's Punch Out for his own speedruns, he made a video essay that was like, "This is the history of speedruns for Mike Tyson's Punch Out," like going all the way back to when the game came out. And people like first were like figuring out what speedrunning even was and starting to try and speedrun that game and find optimal strats for that uh, all the way up through. I, don't, I think that video probably came out like five years ago now, maybe maybe less than that. But, um, you know, like yeah. this is the entire history of this running category so he could get a better understanding of it and become better at it, uh, which I think actually post that video coming out. He is the number one record holder for Mike Tyson's punch out now, which is kind of wow. amazing, like that all that research kind of paid off. He is able to weave that narrative of like people just shaving seconds off of a speed run time uh, in, in, into like a, a really compelling and like visceral tale. Like I, I find I find them fascinating every time. I think there is something to be said about the fact that like anytime he posts a video, regardless of the game he's talking about, I will absolutely watch it. So like he did this for Mike Tyson's punch out and then just started doing it for other games that he's not running just because people found the first one so interesting. He's like, oh, cool. I found this like little niche for myself. Um, so he's talked about a bunch of games There's, like Castlevania in there um, and, and Mega Man and, and Mario Brothers and things like that. But he just released one in the middle of the night last night. And I woke up this morning and I like opened up YouTube. and It was the first thing in my like, oh, yeah, your uh, subscriptions. There, there's a new video here uh and it's about wii sports resort golf oh people, my god people have been speed running wii sports resort <laughs> golf um since 2015 uh was, was the first like recorded world record time uh for for wii sports resort golf uh which is fascinating it is worth noting people were already speed running wii sports golf like the original wii sports um the wii sports resort golf had like a like a more specific and interesting kind of speed running scene um there was this one guy who was running it in 2015 and uh, I, I don't want to spoil the whole video, but it, it, it's just a very fascinating thing. There was one guy who was speedrunning it in 2015 and then nobody else did it for like years, like actual years, because everybody was just speedrunning the first one, it seems like. And then at one point, there was a, 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 a speedrunner who ran it in 2018 specifically for, and I didn't even know this existed, you know, the, the concept of a game jam, like we're going to make a game in as short a time frame as possible, yeah, you know, based yeah. on certain parameters. 
there's like a version of that for speedrunners where it's like, okay, you have five days to learn this game and figure out how to speedrun it and like try and get a world record time. Um, and it's a thing that just like really top level speedrunners will do. They'll like sign up for these like charity events where it's like, okay, I have five days to learn this thing. And they'll like, you know, stream for five days as they try and like learn this thing and route this thing and then like get the world record um, raising money along the way, which is pretty great. And there was a really famous Super Mario Brothers speedrunner who picked Wii Sports Resort Golf because he was like, there's only one guy speedrunner running this i could probably beat this time and he's like uploaded all of his attempts so i could just like watch these to learn and then figure it out and in those five days he did get a world record he got a world record at at this thing and and shaved you know not too much time off but like you know just enough for him to say like okay i did it for this event and now i'm done and i'm moving on um but just by way of this one guy speedrunning this game, this one like very famous streamer, the category blew up and everybody started speedrunning Wii Sports Resort Golf. Um, <laughs> okay. Which like I just wanted to bring up because what a bizarre game to try and speedrun. There are so yeah. many variables here that are so fascinating. It's it's what club you're using at what time. The wind is randomly generated, you know, going in certain directions at different speeds. Uh, so you're going to have to, like, make all of your calculations on the fly. The hole itself is placed in one of six different positions every time you load into a hole. So th- that also is like has a degree of randomness that is like kind of hard to, to um, figure out. Um, and on top of all of that, and this is, I think, the most fascinating thing, is you, you would assume that the fastest way to beat every hole is to get a hole in one in every single one, right? Is to like just land these ridiculous shots over and over and over again. But that's actually not the case, because if you get a hole in one or if you do something incredible uh, in general, and there's like a, a an interesting like level of uh, parameters within the game that that judge what is amazing and what is not amazing for some reason. If you get a shot that the game deems amazing, you'll have to watch like 30 seconds of replays, essentially, of your <laughs> of your shot. Oh, wow. Which makes it all the more difficult because now you're not aiming to get a hole in one. You're aiming to get just under what the game thinks is good, <laughs> which is like an amazing thing. Uh, so this guy speeds run, speed runs this game uh, pretty much following the same strategies as the first guy ends up beating it. And then that just kind of unleashes this like torrent of people speedrunning this game uh, and shaving like minutes off of the time it was already at like 12 minutes like closer to 13 it was like getting a sub 13 was exciting uh and then the the second guy got like around the 12 and then and then you know people started speedrunning it and uh, i wrote this down because i was just like it blew me away um but within a month there were 19 new world records at Wii sports resort golf because people were like so many people were just like competing to beat this thing which was amazing and i don't want to say anything else uh, outside of that because it's an incredible video uh you, you can go on youtube and type in summoning salt and find it uh just watch all of that guy's stuff it's really fascinating like even if wow. you've never played the game before it's really great they all kind of follow a similar formula where it's like one person decided to speed run this game and then somebody found out a strategy that changed everything and then it shows yeah, like yeah. link like playing the ocarina like while running backwards <laughs> and suddenly he like flies through an entire temple and it's like yeah. whoa and, and then it shows all the speed run times like accumulating it's, it's like it always follows the same formula for a bit uh you know it eventually ends up being two people who are like fighting back and forth with each other but but regardless like it's just amazing that there's an entire world of people who are doing this all the time yeah like while you real. and i are talking right now somebody is on attempt like twenty thousand of wii sports resort golf <laughs> when you said <laughs> that that sounds really interesting i mean i didn't know that there was an end to wii golf I didn't know that there was like a thing to like a goal 
Yeah. Uh, and the motion controls as well as like a whole other variable, which yeah. is really intense. But when you, when you said that it follows a formula, I just got a flashback of when I used to watch Man vs. Food. Because like, <laughs> yeah, every episode is at some point he says, at first I'm doing fine, but then I get the meat sweats. Like that's every... <laughs> Every, it's like, of course, yeah. at first you're doing fine because before now you hadn't eaten 18 oysters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I also anyway. love that show because you could always tell right at the beginning. He was like, this is a spice challenge. He's like, all right, I already know how this is going to end. You, you're terrible at these. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. There's actually, yeah, yeah, enough about Man vs. Food. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just funny um, to notice those those formulas. It's not, it's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, patterns. Yeah. At uh, any moment, someone is speed running Bubsy 3D. <laughs> probably. Pro- honestly, probably. Yeah. yeah. Anything that's like a known that like that comes to your head first is probably being speed run. Yeah. Anyway, go check out Summoning Salt on YouTube. Great stuff. Uh, the Wii Sports Resort Golf uh, episode. Ooh, incredible. Great video. Kiss fingers like a chef. Yes. Um, yes. All right. Let's uh, let's go back to the show. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, Brendan, for the second half of this episode, uh, that's right, you heard us, second half, and we're only at 49 minutes. This is a shorter <laughs> one. We did it. I mean, truth be told, I think I have heard from, uh, Pokemon, you know, huge fans. <laughs> 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 it sucks when I say it. Um, I've heard from, uh, various Slurpuffs and Machamps that, um, I've heard from a lot of people who listen that, like... <laughs> Whenever we have a long episode, it's because we're excited about something, and usually it's fun. But yeah. I do think it's like it, it's irresponsible at a certain point, if only for AJ's sanity, that we like give him a quick, you know, a quick <laughs> yeah. one edit before the inevitable eight-hour Last of Us Part Two uh, parade. Yeah. So, yeah, for this part, I think we we're just going to touch on like a handful of games that we've been playing. Um, I guess I can kick it off if you'd like. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Okay. Okay, fine. I, I do feel like you and I have been playing a lot of things in the background because like we've had so many kind of like event episodes, like I don't want to say event episodes, but I am going to say yeah. event episodes. We've had so many of them like back to back um, in terms of like the, the season two finale and the season three premiere and, and stuff and last of us and things like that um I, I feel like there are a couple of games that you and i have like really just wanted to talk about for like maybe a month at this point that we've been playing yeah, i have actually started yeah. to forget the games that i wanted to bring up like a month ago um so i had to write them down to try yeah. and remember but anyway and then there's there's stuff that's that's on the back burner too like i'm pretty much always playing animal crossing or uh you and i've been slowly working through final fantasy 12 uh, on yeah. switch um beautiful and i've been my my forever muse gravity rush 2 i've been like just going back to you because that's like the just flying around in that game is the same like joy as as swinging around mm-hmm. as spider-man in the ps4 game like it's just so fun to do yeah and I, I that's a game that usually when i love something i like binge it in a frightening like dusk filled like uh, one single session mm-hmm. but that game is something that i've purposely just been like enjoying in small pieces yeah um anyway a game that i recently picked up on switch that i've been wanting to play for a very long time uh, Ori and the Blind Forest. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. This is a game that we we touched on like early on because it was uh, it's one of the few Microsoft exclusives that I've really wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we've talked about how like Xbox One hasn't really had like a ton of like exclusive content that has drawn us to get the system. You yourself have sold it several times. <laughs> yep. Um, but Ori is one of them, uh, and it's ex- extremely up our alley. It's a Metroidvania 
that's in sort of like a whimsical forest, kind of like a Hollow Knight vibe in the sense that like it's it's a lot of like small animals. It, it, it's 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 from the point of view of small enough creatures that when an owl shows up, it's a big deal. That's the best way I can frame it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like an owl is terrifying, not a source of wisdom like Ocarina of Time. But yeah, so I I'm still pretty early on, but I am loving it. They, the second one came out this year, and that's I think on Xbox One exclusively at the moment. Uh, yeah, P- I imagine PC. it'll end up on Switch eventually. Yeah, because this uh this is sort of like synonymous with with Microsoft's effort to like work with nintendo like you know with minecraft dungeons coming out this is also like a very nintendo-esque series ori yeah in that it's a metroidvania and that it's like you know it's it's like dark fantasy but it's definitely like it's for all ages it's like for like an 11 and up kind of crowd i feel like yeah i do want to mention i did i did play this game uh a bit as well i played a couple hours of this um a couple i actually maybe like a month ago uh, i got it because it was on game pass um and and played it for a little bit uh, so I played it on Xbox. You played it on Switch. Um, what are you thinking so far? How far in are you? Oh man, I I I'm I'm like so the game has a bit of a uh, narrative intro. Um, in that like it begins with this like really like immediately lovable like creature that adopts Ori, who is yeah. like Ori's kind of like if Evie was glowing is the best way I can. Yeah, describe pretty much. Ori. Yeah, uh, and they have like a fun. It's it's also a story that is told with like very little words, which I appreciate. Like there is like a narrative kind of text, but um, a lot of it is just atmospheric, which is cool. But there's a point, like I would say, like a half hour in, where the scary owl shows up and <laughs> uh, kicks off the plot, where you have to go to like the various elemental regions to like re. It's you know it's familiar stuff, but it works because it's just so beautiful, like the the art and the music in this game is like incredible it's so good yeah um and it's a metroidvania with a heavier emphasis on platforming which i really enjoy because i think a lot of metroidvanias go more um like hollow knight we love but i think hollow knight i think is a game that the platforming was easily my least favorite part of it like (laughs) (laughs) like you know like it, it worked but like that game was largely about the atmosphere and the combat right um uh and then you know so like I guess in that sense, this is leaning harder into the Metroid side over the Castlevania side of Metroidvania. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I'm really enjoying it. It also feels streamlined in a way that a lot of Metroidvanias aren't, where like, there's a really great, like you pause the game and it shows you exactly what powers you have, what they do, what you've unlocked. And and what you need to move on. Yeah. Yeah. So like, this is probably a great game to get if you're like newer to the genre. And like, I think this... Not that it's like um, easy, but I, I just think it's it's built in a way that is very beginner friendly. If you're like not super familiar with the genre, yeah. Whereas like Hollow Knight, you might start and be like, "What do I do? Where do I go? I'm not having fun." Yeah, the amount of times people have told me that they've picked up Hollow Knight based on our recommendation and are like, I have no clue what the fuck I'm doing. It's like, <laughs> I am so sorry that this is the game yeah. you've chosen to pick up. I mean, we've said it before, but Hollow Knight, like, you got to wait until you fight Hornet. That's like the point where you're you're going to figure out if you like it or not. Yeah, yeah. I think. Because it doesn't, it doesn't have the, like, it, it, the beginning of that game is very much like how we often characterize Fallout 3, where it is so effective at being gloomy and directionless and aimless that it like is off-putting especially because of how hard it is so like you have like nothing and no direction until you suddenly do and then it takes off yeah whereas ori like gives you direction right away and um 
Yeah, it's it's. I also noticed that you get you get powers pretty quickly, and there's a really interesting mechanic that's similar to Hollow Knight in the sense that in Hollow Knight you had this kind of mana meter that if you held A, you could heal yourself. So that was one of the mechanics that constantly was like in the back of your mind in that game of like, when do I heal? Do I have time to heal? Right? I, am I better off? Uh, you know, one one of the big turning points in me understanding the game when fighting Hornet was like. If you get enough hits on Hornet, she'll like be kind of uh, gasping for breath. And then if you attack her, she counters right away and laughs. So it's right. like, okay, when I see her gasp, I have to heal myself right. <laughs> and yeah. not attack. What Ori does that's really interesting is that Ori has a similar mechanic, but it is to save. It is to make... Uh, th- there are like the classic Metroidvania save the game shrines um, that are scattered throughout the map and you can teleport between them. But there's also like if you have enough like magic power... You can just make a save point wherever you are on the map, and you can also upgrade your powers on that point. So it's as if, like, there was a mechanic in Dark Souls where you could just make a bonfire wherever you were. Yeah. Um, Which, and by th- the way, I'm surprised they haven't done already. Yeah. Because I think it, it, it really, it, it's, it sounds like it's, it's taking a load off, but what it really does is, is it makes you wonder when and where to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a game where you, it's not crushingly difficult but you do die a lot especially in the beginning and you uh might forget like i did early on that you can make a save point <laughs> so yeah. but i found it, myself a- frequently forgetting in my like opening hour and a half of that game it, just yeah. that that was even an option uh and just like crawling to the nearest like shrine like main save point and then and then at some point like a tooltip popped up that was like remember you can press b to save Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, and it's a it's a very fast game. Like I, you know, you get powers relatively quickly. I already like I'm maybe two hours in, and I can wall jump, which is usually yes. like end game shit. Like you see, yeah. every Metroidvania I played, you see a, a a ledge that is a little too high, and then after you've killed like a biblical boss, <laughs> you then can go back and jump high. Enough. Right? Yeah, it's usually the last thing you get in Metroid. <laughs> yeah, whereas in in Ori, it's like you just get it because I think it's. It is more platforming centric. It's probably not a huge coincidence because it's like yeah. interested in your ability to like navigate this area. But yeah, I mean it's it's great on the Switch. It's great handheld as well. I'm sure. Um, yeah, I I love it. I'll definitely put some more time into it. And I think like uh, if I do end up getting an Xbox in the near future, I will definitely try to check out the sequel before the year's over. Yeah. So, which is also yeah, on Game Pass. Great. Worth mentioning. Oh hell yeah, that's a good bargain. <laughs> it sure is. The best deal in gaming. Developed by Moon Studios. Uh, they're, they're a Microsoft, uh, I guess, first party team? Second party? A ladybug just landed on my leg. Oh, good luck, I think. I think so, too. I'm just kind of amazed. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to be on the podcast? <laughs> Check it out. That's adorable. Maybe our fans are called ladybugs. That's kind of, like, better than just Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now it won't get off me. There are definitely insects that I refuse to harm. Uh, Ladybugs are one of them, and the other one are spiders. I never kill spiders. Anyway, uh, that's the show. Uh, Thanks for listening. This is a shorter one. Never kill spiders. They eat pests. Goodbye. Uh... Sorry about that digression. I just am amazed that that just happened. (laughs) Um, Anyway, we'll we'll jump back in. Brendan, uh, so what have you been playing these days that you're excited to bring to the table, to the sampler platter? I'm I'm so excited to be able to talk about Golf on Mars, 
<laughs> Hell yeah. What a joy. Have we ever talked about the uh, iOS and Android game? And I also think available for the Amazon Kindle, believe it or not, because my dad played it, I think, there. Have we ever talked about desert golfing on this show? Uh, we did in the Games of the Decade episode. Oh, we did? Uh, oh, yes. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. So, recap. I am a Trekkie for our own show, aren't I? Uh, yeah, episode <laughs> B, uh, they established that space travel is not possible for Koreans. <laughs> it's not um, true. They exist in a fleet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, you and I will talk about Star Trek at some point. I, I, they, will, they will finally make a Star Trek video game, and you and I will play it. <laughs> <laughs> i'm also down for like like I, I i've often think about like if we didn't have a video game podcast what would the podcast be and i think star trek is like yeah, it would be a next generation rewatch i think yes yeah because i i that's a show that i purposely have not finished I, it is so sacred to me yeah that i refuse i don't want it to be over i feel like everyone um, has that show that they won't finish yeah. on purpose yeah i've seen the last episode but it's, i haven't like sat down and watched the whole thing yeah same here it's really it's really fun to watch that show like season one because it's so like like that's um i've mentioned this before but i'll say it again because half of my twitter presence is gifts of Riker. but yeah the opposite of jumping the shark is growing the beard because mm -hmm. they consider when Riker has a beard that's when the show started to like separate itself from original series kind of tone yeah so yeah never was into the original i like i like it from afar but like i never clicked the way next gen did yeah personally. i don't really even like it from afar I, I just yeah. don't like it. <laughs> Next generation is, is um, anyway. Okay. Wow. Desert golfing. <laughs> it's a mobile game that came out. Um, I just I, think that of all the Borgs, Hugh has the most empathy for me, the viewer. That is probably true. Yeah. I Borg baby season five. There was a game that was released many years ago. I want to say 2015 or 2016, somewhere in that vicinity, called Desert Golfing. It was a mobile game uh, by a developer whose name I don't know off the top of my head, and I'm so sorry, uh, but I will link to it in the show notes, um, who was known for making a bunch of like really experimental and like kind of strange indie games. Uh, there was one, like uh, I, I forget what it was called. I think it was called Olympic Sports Simulator. Uh, that might be wrong, but it's something along those lines uh, was like a collection of a bunch of different sports uh, that was just like absolutely bizarre and like very pared down. Um, There's another one called Enviro Bear that they made, uh, which which uh, listeners at home might recognize. But anyway, Desert Golfing was kind of like this big, like mega hit kind of out of nowhere. And it was this game that like was successful in its ability to uh, remove mechanics from what you would expect a golfing game to be. Uh, essentially, what it was was uh, just this like 2D plane where you had a ball and there was a hole and you could see it all on one screen. Uh, and you would just as with like most golf games, uh, what the golf, I think, included. Uh, all you do yeah. is, is pull back and then release to shoot the ball uh and depending on how far you pull back is uh how hard you're hitting the ball and you can also drag uh the trajectory you know so you know how high or low you're hitting the ball um and that was pretty much it that was like the entire game if you hit the ball off the screen uh it, it kind of like disappeared and then blipped back into existence at the beginning of the level um and that was kind of it was just you hit the ball into the hole and it was released and people were like oh yeah this is actually like a really nice kind of like mindless like generative golf simulator uh where y you could just like kind of do it while doing anything else like if you were watching something that you weren't fully invested in like this was just kind of a nice thing to fiddle with people found 
over time that there were like hundreds of holes in this game. So the idea potentially that people uh, first jumped to was like, this game is just generating holes and there's like kind of like a Spelunky-esque like uh, uh, generative thing going on in the background that that's uh, coming up with all these holes and all these levels one by one. But then you hit level like four to five hundred and there's a cactus there and people are like, does this level generator just like have the ability to just like randomly insert a cactus? And then people started to tweet about it and people found that level 400 and whatever that had the cactus in it was the same for everyone. And in fact, every single level was the same for everyone. So people started saying, okay, is this a, is this a random level generator, but there's like a seed involved kind of like if you were like, you could go into binding of Isaac and type in a seed and everyone would have the same playthrough of binding of Isaac. It's the same way. There's like a daily challenge in Spelunky and binding of Isaac and roguelikes like that. So is that what's happening here? Um, and then over time, people found that there were like similarities in every single level that people were playing to the point where when you hit level 1000, it recorded your score and put it onto Game Center. Uh, and get, there was a global ranking of everyone who had hit level 1000 and, and what, their, uh, what their stroke count was at that point. And people realized at that point was that all of these levels are handmade. Every single one of them oh is handmade. God. And, they, and they, <laughs> if they weren't handmade, then it would be pretty hard to justify having a global uh, score count. What, then, what people then found later on was that the holes just continued into like multiple thousands. Uh, and the further you got, for some reason, every single level, the game moved uh, or like went up one tick in like a hue slider. So even though the game started as orange because you're just in a desert, it would slowly become closer to like a purple and then a green and then a blue and would go all the way back to orange again. And people were like, whoa, okay, so like maybe the game is starting to generate levels at a certain point. And then people found that that also wasn't the case and that there oh actual <laughs> were like tens of thousands of levels um, and that you would just cycle through the hues over and over again. But at a certain point, somebody else found that like level like a hundred something thousand, there was an end. You would hit the ball and then it would start another level and then there would just be like a little tiny cliff and then just water and there was no way to continue. And that was just the end of the game. And and it was just just this like kind of amazing thing that you don't really see too often in video games where there's just like a ton of people like constantly tweeting about this thing, trying to figure it out and talking about it in forums and like just trying to get to the bottom of like how this game was made and what it is. It's it's like a brilliant connection between like. Okay, taking the most simple mechanics possible, but also adding this air of mystery where it's like, oh, did you get to level 3000, whatever, where there's for some reason a face in the side of this cliff? Like, what does that mean? What happens if you hit the face? Oh, nothing happens? Okay, there's a vase in level like 700 and something. And if you hit the vase, it breaks. But like, if you just kind of like gently tap it, it's a physics object and you can kind of roll it around. What happens if you roll the vase into the hole? Oh, nothing happens. Uh, but it like creates this like strange community around this game that's like honestly kind of similar to what Dark Souls does. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it makes this like very simple on the surface golf game into something much grander and much more interesting. Which is why I was so excited when the day you and I recorded the season three premiere, uh, I saw a tweet 
while we were in the middle of one of our breaks that said that the developer had released a sequel shadow drop the thing like didn't tell anyone that he was working on it just release it and it's called golf on mars and it is like for all intents and purposes almost the same exact game uh it has the same like orange backdrop the only difference is that the background looks a little bit more like uh more like space than like a sky but there are a couple key differences that i think are really really important that are making this game uh an entirely different beast and i and i use the word beast very specifically so as i mentioned with desert golfing when you hit the ball off the side of of the level if you if you hit it too far or whatever essentially what would happen is the ball would just blip back into the starting point and you would have to try again uh, and it would just count as like another stroke that you missed what happens in golf on mars is if you hit the ball too far the screen will scroll because all of the levels are connected. It's all one huge long course. So if you hit it too far, it just continues to roll. And if you get unlucky, it'll roll way down, like multiple holes ahead of where you're supposed to be. And you're going to have to hit it all the way back to try and get oh back to the hole that you're supposed to hit. <laughs> to compensate for that in a really interesting turn of events, they've added a new mechanic, which is that while you're pulling the while you're pulling the uh, ball back, you know, and, and judging in what direction you're going to hit it and how hard you're going to hit it, you can also use your other finger to either swipe up or swipe down on the screen, which will change which will change either the uh, the backspin or forward spin of the ball. So if you have to hit it up a really steep cliff or something, you can add some forward spin. So it has a little bit of momentum going forward. Or if you very specifically need it to land in a spot and not go anywhere, you can add a little bit of backspin. And those three mechanics added to each other have by themselves created like a really horrific experience. Like just adding those <laughs> things have made this game so unbelievably frustrating in a way that the first one absolutely was not i i always thought the first game was very frustrating in a way that was like satisfying i always thought that like hitting the ball off the side was just like oh this sucks and every once in a while there would be a level that was just so ridiculously difficult that you would hit like 20 to 30 strokes trying to like line up the ball in such a way where it had to land on like just the perfect pinpoint of accuracy at the top of a mountain so if you hit it too far or not far enough it would just slide up or down the side um in this game you're punished brutally for hitting it too far or too or not far enough you're punished in that it just continues to roll off the side of the level forever uh in in a real like nightmare scenario on top of that they've now added uh like water traps and sand traps which were not in the first game believe it or not um and and make maybe less sense in a in a mars-based version of this yeah um But they've also changed the physics of the thing a little bit. So you're also like fighting with not having a whole lot of gravity. Yeah, I was going to ask if if gravity was a factor. here. Yeah. So the ball isn't moving in a way that you would expect it to or would anticipate (laughs) either. Um, And all of those features together have added to this like kind of like nightmarish scenario where it's everything that you loved about desert golf, just like slightly more crushing. Um, and, and we're at the point still where I think people don't know fully, like what else there is to be found in this game. I'm, I'm at a level, I want to say like 150 or 160 something. I noticed at a certain point, and I don't know when this happened, but it might've happened like at level hundred or something, but there's a menu that was added to the game. There were no on-screen buttons in this game. There was no way to stop and start over or do anything. There are no menus in this game, or at least in desert golfing, there were no menus at all. Um, and I suddenly realized that there's a hamburger menu on the top right of the game which was like horrifying like no like seeing 
a button to press on this game was so <laughs> scary to me that I took a screenshot of it because I was like, where did this come from? And all it adds is a mute button, a zoom out button and a hide score button. But like yeah. that introduction of those three little lines that indicate a menu was enough for me to like take a screenshot and almost feel the need to tweet it and be like, has anyone else seen this? Am I going crazy? <laughs> <laughs> because that's the kind of headspace that this very simple golf game puts you into. I, I can't recommend yeah. Desert Golfing or its sequel enough. Right now, the sequel is only on iOS. I imagine like Desert Golfing, it'll be ported to all other mobile platforms. But like, man, is it like a really frightening, but also kind of relaxing thing. Just an unbelievable thing. I, I am. I'm, a, I'm floored that it exists. Uh, it's three dollars. Yeah. Wow. I'll check it out. That sounds really fascinating. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That is like something about uh, even though like nothing that's happening is inherently scary. The idea of being lulled into a sense of routine and then something suddenly changing is very off-putting. That's something like some yeah. of the scariest moments in a game I bring up a lot with Yumi Nikki, which is like just exploring dreams in this like two D environment. Is like. You might be going down a hallway over and over again, like, you know, because it, it's, it's kind of like Pokemon where, like, you reach an end and then it loads a new thing. Yeah. You might be doing that and it's just looping. And then the minute you choose to go left, you're just in an entirely different environment. Like, suddenly, <laughs> like, you're outside and there's, like, trees with faces or something. It's like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, that is a game that is a horror game. It is supposed to be scary. But, like, it could have been anything. It could have been, like, a, just a different room. But, like, just, like, denying you the perception and control of a logical reality is inherently unsettling yeah that's um, the thing that i think like really like only long serialized storytelling or video games can do like i think that that's that's yeah. that's a situation where this medium is so uniquely positioned to do something like that right to like make you think you know everything about what a game can do it's like subconsciously a part of your brain is like i understand everything that this video game engine has been set up to accomplish so as soon as something breaks free of that perception that you have whether consciously or subconsciously it's it's mortifying at times it's like yeah it's either exciting and exhilarating or terrifying. Like the first time I saw a water trap in Golf on Mars, I was like, oh, my God, everything has been thrown out the window. I have no idea what this game can provide or will be doing um, in the same way that seeing the cactus in desert golfing was like a really terrifying experience. Honestly, the, in the beginning of playing this game, the first time I hit the ball off the side, I wasn't really paying attention because I was like watching TV. So I hit the ball off the side of the screen, just assuming when I looked back down at my screen it the ball would be back at the beginning again and then i looked down and the ball was still rolling down a hill that i didn't recognize and it wasn't part of the level that i was technically like trying to trying to finish and and that by itself was like such a wild discovery um and and i think that this game uh, and and its predecessor desert golfing are like setting out to unsettle you by lulling you into that false sense of security over and over and over again by putting literal hundreds of levels between introduction of mechanics is like it just exemplary game design right like it knows yeah. that it's a comforting enough game that you will play it while doing other things and that you will have it on your phone kind of forever and go back to it whenever you're bored you know or like on the subway or in line or like watching tv or something like that um it know it knows that that's the case so by making the background turn purple in a way that's so subtle you don't even realize it because you've been playing the game for four months or introducing something like a cactus or a water trap or a menu that allows you to zoom out that is that is brilliance i think yeah uh, i i hasn't your dad 
played a lot of desert golf. I already talked about that a little bit. Uh, yes. His, yeah. He, he, episode. he has played like over 10,000 holes of desert golf. <laughs> Cause everybody's like, why is your screen green? Yeah. He, he opened it up. Green? He opened, that was the first time I, I, I had learned that the, the background changed colors because he had played that game so much that he was like, oh yeah, I'm on hole. Like, some, you know, I asked him one day cause I saw it on his Kindle home screen. I was like, oh, you're still playing desert golfing. And he opened it up and it was green. I was like, when did it turn green? He was like, I don't know when it turned green actually <laughs> uh which is amazing and then that's when Even i went home scarier. and i googled it and i found people mentioning like oh my god the game is changing hue over time wow which is wild so like i i'm so excited to have another uh version of this with like untold riches of mechanics and like weird shit to discover um i'm trying to stay off of like the Twitter community because, you know, people are playing way more of this than I am on a daily basis. Right. Um, so I'm trying to discover these things for myself, but I will say, um, and I'm not going to get into this side of things, but I, I'm on the new uh, beta, the developer beta for the new version of iOS, um, which allows you to like really, really, really curate your home screen in a way that you've never been able to before. Um, and I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve apps on my home screen right now. And one of them is is Golf on Mars. I have one page of apps and that's it. Uh, and Golf on Mars is the only game that I have on my home screen. That's awesome. Just because I'm so entranced by it and, and, and can't stop playing it. I, and I, I should I should note probably like there is always a game. There's always a mobile game that I, I choose to use as like my just kind of fiddle with while I'm doing other things game. Um, I'm very frequently playing the game Hold Down, which I think I've talked about on the show. Um, it's just kind of like a like a I don't know, you shoot balls and, and uh, hit platforms that have like a number counter on it and you have to hit it a certain amount of times for it to disappear. Uh, Hold Down is just like a really great version of that that I've played a whole lot. Uh, no pun intended. To the point where the developer sent me some stickers because I wouldn't stop tweeting about my high scores. And, and that was the game that I always played, like, kind of in the background while I was, like, recording this show or my other podcast or, like, uh, in meetings or, like, doing other things, like, watching stuff. Like, that was always my game that I would just, like, kind of fiddle with because I needed to do something with my hands. Uh, and Desert Golfing, uh, or sorry, uh, Golf on Mars is now that thing, which is really That's exciting awesome. to, to have. Um, yeah. Oof. Oof. I could talk about Golf That's on so Mars exciting. forever and just what it, <laughs> what it means to create something so so pared down and also so like mechanically complex uh and 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 yeah i i i need to stop myself so we can move on <laughs> there there are so many lessons to take from that though especially like yes with uh with games kind of being in this position where like in the mainstream a lot of it is like just trying to impress you in ways that i think like you know are always larger than life yeah and to have a game like this that is like as close to a screensaver as you can get, but still call it a game. <laughs> right. And have it have that impact because, like, you're going and expecting one thing and then slowly over time being lulled into the state of mind that then changes. Yeah. I think it just shows the power of, like, execution over, like, inherently what pieces are there. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, cool. I love that. Yeah. I went back. Uh, it's worth noting the the, like... I would say the like grandfather podcast of, of this podcast is probably Idle Thumbs, which was a video game podcast that existed for a while. Um, and I went back because I the, the way I found Desert Golfing originally was through their podcast. And there was one host of, of the like four hosts that they had on that show um, who who played Desert Golfing and would talk about it like constantly and all the weird things that they were discovering. Um, and I just went back and listened to the, the initial episode where one of the hosts, Chris Remo, brought up uh, who, who did the soundtrack for 
Firewatch uh, for Firewatch and a bunch of other games. Um, oh, and wow, it's part of Campo cool. Santo. So uh, just for you, Stephen, the connection. Um, anyway, he was the one who brought Desert Golfing and like he sounded like he'd completely lost it while trying to describe why this game was interesting. <laughs> and I just heard myself like going into that same state of mind as I was trying to explain why Golf on Mars was an incredible sequel. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, I... I, I, I can't I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, check it out. It's Golf on Mars. It's available on iOS right now. Um, I think it's also on iPad OS, which I guess is maybe worth making the distinction there. Yeah. Ugh, so good. So good. What you just said about like how you sound explaining your love for something. This made me so grateful for having this show together. Because like <laughs> I just got, you know, like I talked to my my parents are in Jersey and I'm in Chicago and I, I talk to them every week, which is nice. Uh, but my dad has like he he's a very um like I think he likes to plan ahead in all areas, even in communication. So like he'll yeah. bring to the table like uh he's like a big big TV and movie guy. So he'll always be like, oh here are the shows we're watching. Uh you know I really like this. This is this, and I purposely don't ever bring up video games to him because I'm like <laughs> he's he doesn't you know I think he would like like he knows we do this show and I think he appreciates from afar like we played like you know Resident Evil and he watched me play Final Fantasy VII when I was eight so like he got the the micro macro version of the show in 1998 I think <laughs> when I was like hey Dad, Seth Roth is misunderstood um but uh. <laughs> I, I just think, I'm just imagining an alternate reality where I'm like, so the thing about Dimitri, dad, is that he's gone through a lot and like just me explaining something that I love to, to someone who has yeah. no idea what this is. <laughs> um, I don't think you sound weird at all. I think you sound perfect. Oh, thank you so much. Want to wrap up? Uh, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to bring up or is that it? Not really. I mean, I think there there are a few things that we might be saving for next time. Uh, I know that you've been uh, playing Bioshock, and I'm actually tempted to go back as well, maybe play the first one. It's been a while. Yes, I've been um, playing the Switch ports of Bioshock. Um, I am towards the end of one, and I've also started playing two. I'm a couple hours into two, um, which yeah. uh, is, the, is the reason that I bought the bundle in the first place, was because I really wanted to replay two specifically, because it's the one that I have, I have the least memory of, but uh, I've heard in the discourse as of late is maybe the like kind of uh, like shining child of, of this franchise, um, which, is, which is interesting, because yeah. it, it was so like neutrally received when it was released um that i'm excited to go back to it and I, i've been having a great time with it i've been very impressed by bioshock 2 so far yeah i mean i never played to I, th I think that's an i mean i think sequels in general um sometimes are prone to that like mixed reception at first and then later on like i think it's kind of the opposite for bioshock infinite where that's a game that came out and like was was lauded and you know i think now people are like oh i mean that's a whole other conversation but you know i think it has not aged very well in many ways yeah <laughs> uh whereas like um but i mean both both sequels are interesting in the sense that like bioshock infinite is a game that was trying to do so much uh it, it is so uh a ambitious uh for better and very much for worse in terms of like what story it's trying to tell and what pieces are there and like whereas bioshock one was a very focused narrative you know it, yeah. was, it had that kind of contained time and place and like you know it, it it um it succeeds in what itself is trying to accomplish so i'm, like, I'm curious about two where two was kind of marketed as like more of the same like it's it's in a very it, it, if it's not in rapture it's in a very similar setting to one unlike yeah. no Infinite, it's, it's rapture. like yeah. you know and and uh i wonder if like that's 
why maybe it fell flat. So it was like, oh, well, this is just sort of like a version of the first, but, you know, slightly different. Yeah, it also technically wasn't a rational game. So, like, uh, the game director was someone who wasn't Ken Levine, um, which I think yeah, might have added like to it. Yeah, it's like a Dark Souls 2 scenario. Um, where like the Yeah. Yeah, but then, the, but then you also had the DLC, the um, the Minerva's Den DLC for Bioshock Two, which a lot of people say is the best thing in the entire Bioshock franchise. Uh, is is that piece of DLC that was uh, made by the studio that would then go on to become Fulbright and make Gone Home and Tacoma and uh, whatever third game they're working on. Um, so yeah, cool. there's there's a lot to talk about with Bioshock, and I'm I'm having a, a very interesting time replaying them. Um, yeah, I think we'll definitely have episodes about maybe like touching on the trilogy or or maybe like I think we're probably if we talk about any of them, we might do an episode about two because it is so like, yeah, kind of overlooked and I and I haven't played it. So I'm curious. To oh, go in, like, okay. Fresh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, um, there are a few other games that like I picked up that I'm excited to check out. Xeno uh, 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 in, in the discord brought to our attention uh, Dadish, which is a mobile game where you play as a dad who is a radish yep. and uh i am very excited to play that you've started it and immediately loved it yeah um, i've played it for about 10 minutes and immediately was like we need to talk about this on the show it is an incredible game um what else did i oh i <laughs> i gave Fortnite another chance and i'm playing that so like maybe i'll talk about that one day great um, um uh because i famously like tried and bounced pretty permanently um but yeah. like uh that's something where like you're saying that you have this like desire to check out whatever the big thing is and i think by doing this show with you i've grown to try that and like uh in short i can totally see why fortnite is as popular as it is i'm very bad at it but it's (laughs) it's a fun time yeah you and i did play a little bit of fortnite together last week or was that maybe two weeks ago i don't know but uh, either way um it's actually worth noting um they're they're starting to show uh they have this this mode in fortnite now called party royale where you land on like a kind of custom-made island uh that exists mainly for like events weirdly enough um and there's no time limit and like you can't kill each other so like you just kind of hang out with people and like just do stuff um and they're starting to show all the chris nolan movies in fortnite for some reason uh, oh which my is god bizarre. yeah i see that so <laughs> um yeah. just worth noting because because the day that this episode that we're recording right now is releasing uh the second test episode of, of my new podcast will also be releasing on the worst yeah. sandbox uh feed um and and Very that excited. episode of of that show is all about um chris nolan's movies in fortnite um <laughs> which i'm very excited for people to hear um yeah i'm excited to listen it's very goofy uh but anyway uh yeah let's wrap up i think i think we're good and then we can take some time off and kind of like gather our thoughts and prepare ourselves to record the last of us bonus which again will already be out by the time this is out. i think i'm basically like in a mode that i'm trying to check out more of my backlog and i also want to keep looking uh more into the itch bundle as well we started this season with um like you know us exploring the bundle and bringing up what we really liked but i think there's so much there that like whenever there's a lull i'm gonna like look and see if i can find something else really interesting yeah i've been uh not playing but watching uh my partner persia because she got the bundle as well uh playing glitter mitten grove which is a uh a, it's kind of a sim game where you are uh building up a a forest of fairies um and like kind of just like a resource management thing uh which secretly is frog fractions 2 
which is very exciting uh, for, for those of you who know about Frog Fractions. Um, oh. She started playing it independently of oh, that, not knowing that it was Frog Fractions 2, which is very exciting. Uh, but she, she since found out that it's Frog Fractions 2 and, and is trying to get to the point where uh, where she can unlock the door to find out what Frog Fractions is because she's never experienced the first one. So uh, I've been just kind of like watching her play that, which has been endlessly fascinating. And I'm just like yeah. waiting with bated breath for the Frog Fractions 2 door to show up because I've also never seen it. I backed Frog Fractions 2 on Kickstarter and never actually got glitter mitten grove had played it um so this is my first experience with it i just love that she found it independently she just went through the 1700 games in that bundle and was like this one looks great <laughs> i was thinking of that game when you talked about like lulling you into a false sense of security and, yeah like, knowing yeah. what the game is um another game that i'm so curious about is uh hylix 2 h-y-l-i-c-s I have no idea what it is. I saw someone tweeted like a, a caption of it and it was so bizarre. It basically looks like if a Primus music video was an RPG. Um, it is like a very, very surreal. Uh, it's apparently a very surreal take on a JRPG formula. So like I've heard nothing but good things. I, I really want to check it out and see what it is. Yeah. So I think I might I might check that out in the coming weeks. Um, yeah, if it runs in my neck. I'm excited to either hear you talk about it or play it myself because I've never seen a game that, or even just like art that looks like that um, yeah, outside really of like, maybe oh. the blue moon beer like logo guy. <laughs> the orange with the sun. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm thinking of shock top. <laughs> like the, the, the lemon with the sunglasses. Like, what are you talking about? Um. Yeah, it's like a weird mix of like claymation and stop action. Oh, oh yeah, that dude. God. Yeah, it has that like stop motion. Uh, uh, stop showing me him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, what what really is weird is like the enemies in the in the battle screen are all like kind of claymation e and then this like real ass hand comes out and like shoots lightning at one of them. It's so yeah. weird. But I. It's amazing. I'm so intrigued. Yeah. So I'll check that out. Um, and yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff, but I think I think we're gonna wrap up for now. Uh we did it. 90 minutes, baby. We did it. <laughs> oh my god, can you believe it? Yeah. Um, yeah. cool. Well, uh thank you to everybody who uh is listening to the show. Um we had a lot of like just amazing feedback. In fact, somebody just tweeted at the show like right now as we started wrapping up, um, saying that they liked the uh season three premiere. So thank you so much for all the positive feedback to that. It's it's really exciting to um to i don't know just start a third year it's weird because yeah. like we're not really changing much right like very very slowly but surely almost like desert golfing we're hue, changing the hue of the say. show yeah um yeah you know, slowly introducing guests and talking about um some different stuff and and maybe even veering away from video games not that we plan on doing that but like just at, at least like letting it happen more than we used to yeah, so like totally. over the course of time the show has has evolved um so for us starting a third year means a lot uh, and, and it's nice totally. to know that it, it means something to other people as well. So thank you uh, to everybody who's been listening to the show. Um, if you want to follow the show literally anywhere, you can go to into the cast dot online. Uh, that is the spot where all the links exist to Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, all those places. Um, now that life has kind of settled down a little bit, I'm going to start uh, uploading the backlog to YouTube again. Uh, that was the thing that I started doing and then a lot of stuff happened and, and I just like didn't have it in me to continue doing that. But now I can. So that's exciting exciting 
and uh and yeah we also have a patreon you can find at patreon.com slash into the cast um i think this week i'll do the thing that some people in the discord have recommended uh and just take all the names of everybody who is backing the show uh and i'll put them in the show notes here uh so yeah if uh, if you are a person who's back in the show, uh, your name is in the show notes. Thank you so much to everybody who has done that. Um, Thank you. I think what we could do maybe is whenever we get a new patron, we can give them a shout out. Um, but, you know, yeah. for everyone who's been there for a while. Yeah, because that, that was a, one point of view. It was like, hey, the 20 minutes that you add on to your four hour episode <laughs> of just saying everyone's name <laughs> is not great. It's audio, starting to become baby. its own podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that will be the sequel. But um, yeah, we really appreciate it. I mean, I think. uh um this this past month we have donated uh our patreon money um and i think we'll uh you know we'll always keep it posted on on where that support goes currently it's like mostly the editing costs and it allows us to do more that's like the idea is that there is no paywalled content um just if we get any support at all we can do more so we do the bonus episodes once a month for everyone in the future i could see that going to us maybe streaming more because that's like the thing that we're really struggling with like getting a routine on based on our schedules currently yeah it's Um, been pretty rough trying to figure out when when and what to stream yeah and it will also help us get like more equipment and stuff and like you know uh we generally buy the games ourselves but whenever there's a game that we're like on the fence on that we're like we're just getting this for the show it helps to get that yeah yeah, so like it just it it does so just just to give some transparency there it it just helps us do more and to uh you know be able to also give back to you know places that need i can see us doing more charities in the future as well yeah um, as that as that grows yeah um i really do wish patreon had a thing that would let you like split your revenue that'd be awesome so you could like always donate a piece of it but anyway now that i'm done uh requesting features of patreon.com um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i think i think uh-huh. it is time for us to wrap up um yeah thanks for everybody uh listening and my name is brendan bigley you can find me on the internet at brendan bigley i'm Stephen hilger you can find me at Stephen hilger have a wonderful week uh thank you for uh uh being with us this long <laughs> third season baby this episode was wild <laughs> <laughs> let's see uh the building with the round roof okay i guess we can cut through this hospital that'll work out oh fine. my god <laughs> <laughs> TWG, the worst garbage dot online.